Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. Now, here's Pastor Raphael. Well, it's good to be back here once more from our virtual Spirit Watch Ministry Studios. Thanks to the uh, wonders of uh, digital technology such as cell phones and good apps. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Raphael Martinez, and uh, once again, uh, I'm uh, the, the director of Spirit Watch Ministries, and it's great to be back and be able to share a little bit more. Uh, about a subject that uh, has become certainly a, a very important one that we've been we've been covering. I mean, every subject we, we, we cover here is always important, but uh, we are really glad that we've had the opportunity to uh, be able to help bring light to a dark part of our world that uh, uh, just has not had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, exposure to it lately. And it, it, it and there are stories and things going on there that need to be told. And a reality that needs to be declared, and uh, I'm and I'm speaking specifically of uh, the aberrant megachurch movement called uh, the Zenos Christian Fellowship slash Dwell Community Church that the name it, it embraced a couple of years ago, and uh, we are moving on with a little more discussion in in helping uh, us and our readers and our listeners all understand. And that all that glitters is gold uh, in the, the land of the Queen City. Um, and one of our guests we have on today is one of the first people that uh, I had the opportunity to, to uh, become aware of and, and, and to be introduced to. She is a survivor of, of the Xenos uh, movement and someone who was among the very first that I met when um, me and Megan Cox uh, went to uh, Columbus uh, back in December 2021 in the quest to get a documentary uh, taken care of and and and, and, um, and pre- prepared uh, upon the aberrancy of Xenos. And uh, she is one of those that have stepped forward and been able to help us see uh, that the cry for help we got from an email from a person who was asking for help uh, regarding their struggles with with Xenos and how how much it had devastated them, that this person was not was not just a cracked plate somewhere in the corner. Uh, this person had has had generally been been through an experience that that would destroy anyone. But uh, her name is Claire, and Claire, welcome uh, to our studios here. Thank you once again for 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 participating. Hi, Raphael. Thanks for having me. And I'm so glad that uh, I had a chance to meet you and so many others there uh, at that moment. Um, and you, and you, were, you were talking recently. You would mentioned to me that uh, uh, you'd never had a chance to really meet that many former members of Xenos together all in one room, had you before? No, no. And like I've told you and <clears throat> told production, like that was probably one of the most positive experiences of my life. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, what, what was what was so positive about that? What's it like to feel when you when you're, you're around people who've all been 
through the same sort of experiences you have. I mean, what was that like for you personally? Well, there is a lot of safety in understanding that there are people that have been through a similar type of trauma and pain as you. And <clears throat> like I've said before, like we both know, we both, all well, not we, we both, all of us knew what we wanted from that experience and what we didn't want, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was very cathar- cathartic to share experiences that were validated mm-hmm. and so similar to one another yeah. um, because it, again, it just validates something that had either been just disputed by several people, a couple of people, whoever. Um, and that's sort of like part of the issue is that you have these complaints or these grievances and they are invalidated time after time by an entire group of people. But this time we got together with another group of people who validated that. And it wasn't, we weren't together in a negative way. We came together in like a very positive healing way. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We just enjoyed each other's company and it didn't, we didn't even have to talk about Xenos. We just were around each other and it was, it was just an overall very pleasant experience. Yeah, I I think I'm going to speak, well, I think I can speak for Megan when I say this. I think we really did enjoy ourselves. I mean, Megan being a survivor of the Remnant Fellowship Call, I mean, it was like an old home week for her. I mean, everything, everything that, you know, that she had been through and that, uh, was, was certainly something that all of you were very familiar with. You both of you had, had been through, uh, through the ringer of religious abuse at the hands of a, of a rather unscrupulous, uh, religious movement that claims mm-hmm. to re- that should have known better. And they didn't right. shame on them. And so I really right. am glad that uh, we had a chance to do that. And I'm hoping, uh, really, 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 I'm hoping that maybe we can maybe do it again sometime really soon there in Columbus. Yeah. And uh, I think it, I think uh, one of the things that Spearwatch Ministries used to do was we led support group meetings monthly. And uh, we, we haven't had a chance to do that lately. But uh, we do have a lot of counseling that we do to people online as well as on the phone. And and one of the other things that we also did was, was to have um, – uh, uh, actual retreats for people, uh, retreats set for that uh, would you know would bring people together who were survivors and uh, to you know get uh, discussion as well as you know you know practical uh, sharing and, and 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 teaching and testimony and then how to actually deal with um, the, the the consequences and 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 the, and the pitfalls of having been involved. So uh, if there's if there's interest for that, uh, I'd love to hear from people out there who can who can email or call us. Uh, uh, let us know, but um, I, I think maybe 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 such a time's coming for that. I, I would I would love to see something like that happen there, uh, simply because, like you said, the energy in that room of everyone just coming together and sharing and 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 just really um, coming together to really come to grips with uh, such a thing was was really powerful. You know, I I, I was I was glad to yeah. be a, a small part of that. Yeah. Yeah, and we were grateful to have you guys there. Yeah, so hopefully we'll 
we'll do it again. And hopefully this documentary will be coming out soon. I still have gotten no update on it. There's a lot going on in the media world due to some media takeovers. Uh, a lot's going on that's causing some slowdowns and some things. But uh, uh, but uh, we're still very hopeful that this documentary will be coming out really soon. And um, and that just that the, the media business uh, being what it is post-pandemic and, and with a lot of things going on with the economy, uh, that doesn't help either. So, uh, but, uh, we are very hopeful that something will be coming forth. And, and part of what went on there in that room will be, uh, a really big part of that documentary. And, uh, and again, it was, it was a pleasure to have been to see that. So, uh, so when we got, when we first were introduced to you, Claire, I mean, like I said, we've never had a chance to really share systematically. Uh, a little bit of, of, uh, uh, I mean, we've talked, uh, but we never had a chance to really systematically or, or just, you know, more in depth, really understand your story. So, um, right. I, would, I would love to be able to just, like I said, ask you a few questions and, and tell me, you know, what, what brought you to that? So I understand, Claire, as we were talking before, uh, uh, we, uh, got on the phone here a little bit, we had a little bit of our own little conversation before, uh, we started our interview today that you, uh, were basically a, a lifelong member of Xenos, uh, and, uh, that you'd basically, but were raised in the church. I and mean, maybe you can share what, what were some of your earliest memories? of being in the Xenos way. What was that like when you were young? What, what, what can you remember? Yeah, I was, I was in Xenos on and off most of my childhood and my adult life. And earliest memories, um, pleasant enough. Um, of course, I was kind of like every other child. My parents made me go to church on Sundays as I became a teenager, and I didn't want to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was uh, nothing too significant until I got into high school. Um, so, yeah, my memories growing up from childhood were, you know, just your standard memories from church. I knew that my parents were very dedicated and um, our whole family went to church. And, yeah, that's that's kind of about it. And they've and they've been lifelong Xenoc members. Uh, that uh, say they've been there quite a while as well. Yes, they have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have any siblings or, or? I do. I have. I have three other siblings, and they went there. My sister stopped going at some point. Um, very an uneventful experience. My brother didn't have a good experience, and um, he has very firm boundaries, and he left. Um, not too long after he had that bad experience and then there was my little sister and there's a pretty big age gap between us okay and um she was also there yeah okay so you guys were you know just trying to do right i mean your parents felt that that was Mm -hmm. a good place for your family to be and they and i'm sure they they did their best and 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 that's never an issue you know every every single member in a a movement like xenos um you know no matter how much we have disagreements we we may have with them certainly go there with with the highest motives They, they, they go there wanting to do right by their children and give them something to believe in and and something they believe will get them close to to god as as they see it should be done so and I'm sure that's what was that was part of your experience growing up. And um, um, so many people um, that we spoke with who mentioned being raised in the church, how they all uh, just kind of went along with, of course, what they, you know what they were taught, and 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 and, and that mm-hmm. being directly that you know they're they're uh, being groomed into um, being a part of of, of an organization. 
that that prides itself on on multiplication and 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 making sure uh, everyone that they can influence uh, just come alongside and be a part of of, of Xenos. And, and I'm sure that mm-hmm. that begins from the very intentional moments of of middle aged. Uh, church ministry and therefore I mean, I'm sure you, you saw all that as many others yeah. did and- it does it it happens it happens young and there's quite uh, an emphasis on your teenage years especially when when you're getting older if you're if you're in the church or even you know outside of it mm-hmm. they start pretty young trying to get people pretty committed to um to Xenos, to God, but in, in but I'll, I'm going to use a little shorthand and just say they're trying to get you pretty committed to Xenos mm-hmm. um, yeah. at a young age, and that um, they're pretty heavy-handed starting in, in high school. Mm-hmm. When you say, say they're heavy-handed, what do you mean? Um, I would say they start wielding a lot of control in your in your teenage years. I I have that experience. Um, having conversations with uh, teenagers that you know adults should be having with adults, or mm-hmm. adults should be having with their own teenagers, um, and age and age inappropriate. Um, I don't want to say activities because there's not really any age inappropriate activities, but they encourage a way of relating that is perhaps inappropriate to teenagers um, without like a, without a parent's consent mm-hmm. and specifically something that I experienced was that way but you do notice a lot of teenagers having <laughs> very adult conversations um, and I, I have no problem with challenging someone's intellectual life or um, having philosophical conversations with teenagers. Um, but I do feel like they can kind of hold the, their feet to the fire when it is um, not to the, to the you know, kids' benefit to do so. Um, making them take responsibility for honestly, kind of big people problems. Right, exactly. Well, you know, I was reading uh, in, one of, in his book, uh, Members of One Other, you know, Dennis McCallum, who I believe was one, mm-hmm. of, the found, one of the founding elders there, and uh, still is, wields an awful lot of influence, even though he's retired. Uh, he wrote in this really thick book, uh, Members of One Another, he spends the entire fourth, chap- fourth, cha- uh, fourth chapter of the book just going on and on about uh, what, he, what he believes about relationships. And one of the things he says, and he quotes First Thessalonians 5.11, uh, he quotes it, uh, he, he, it, it says there in that verse that we should encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. Then he goes on to say this, he says, uh, to encourage others effectively, you need to know what's going on in their lives. You have to be aware of their progress in various areas in order to know what to encourage. Now, it seems to me that that verse uh, certainly is being interpreted in a way by Amir that seems that sounds pretty intrusive. Uh, 
In fact, it is. <laughs> I will, I will yeah. be conscious. It is entirely true. He's, he's making it sound as if you need to know exactly uh, all the mm-hmm. all the, uh, the the details of life. And, I, and and from what what I what we've been you know hearing here and so many other places is that uh-huh. that, is, that is a kind of intrusion that Zenas apparently uh, excels in, and, and apparently was one of your experiences as well, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I have heard that verse. Um, and not that it's a bad thing to hear a verse over and over, but in that context, I have heard that over and over and over. Um, yeah, there, there could be, you know, a single line in the Bible and you hear it and it wields so much power and your, your instinct and your gut tells you that this is, this is inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, and this feels like manipulation and it is. It is manipulative, and a lot of these people think they're well-meaning, and they're doing a loving thing, but that is how they're indoctrinated, and that's how they're taught. Uh, they're taught that there is a certain type of intrusion that's appropriate, and it's it's not. Um, and specifically me as a, as a teenager, if I'm just going to kind of tie that in into that, that context, um, uh, th- that's what, I mean, that's, that's what happened to me. They thought they were doing a loving thing, uh, to me mm-hmm. when I was a teenager and I got excommunicated at some point. Um, and when you were a teenager, when I was a teenager, I was 16 or 17 and I was dating a man who was several years my senior and he was abusive, and um, there were people that were adults that had, had met him, um, some of the same people that ended up kicking me out, and they could tell something was, you know, not right. Um, he was, you know, I was, I, I was smitten in love, absolutely in love with this guy, um, but he was, he was this very charismatic charismatic handsome college student and you know that of course was very fascinating fascinating to me sorry my dog is working um he's just doing his job don't worry about that and yeah any any, anyone who walks in in front of my house is their danger but uh yeah i and i I ended up losing my virginity to him and he um, slowly became abusive to me. Uh, People found out that I was having sex with him and they excommunicated to me. And I wasn't even that heavily involved in Xenos either. But um, how old were you when when you started when this happened? I mean, I mean, 16 or 17. So you were, so you were basically a minor, you were a teenage minor. Yes. And uh, an yeah. older man uh, who, was he a Xenos member? Yes. There okay. was an elder and a leader who was a college student um, actually called me, called me to the church and had me meet with them in a room. You know, there were no meetings going on. I think it was probably before a meeting. And they took me into talk to me about they had heard some things about me and they wanted to talk to me about what sexually appropriate behavior was and they wanted to know details of what I have done if I had crossed any boundaries and I um 
I, as, as a teenager, you just think, these people are just like, you're a loser. Like, just like, leave, leave me alone. But as an adult now, I think back on those conversations, being stuck in a room alone as a 16-year-old being grilled about what all I'm doing in my private life. Um, and not reaching out to my parents to make sure I'm okay, but instead saying I'm morally in the wrong, I'm I'm doing this that's wrong. Um, so where were your parents in all this? My parents were, they did not know what was going on until I came home and told them. Oh. They were horrified. These are, my dad was a leader, and he had been a member and a very devoted Christian and a very spiritual um, person. And it, it is not like he was, you know, this very lackadaisical parent. Um, he he cared about this more than the people that I went to home church with did. Um, and he did not like that this had happened in my life. But he and my mom were enraged that... I was one alone with two men discussing this topic and also that they were even discussing it without their consent. Uh, right. That's, that's incredible. And I could have a child that age at this yeah. point in my life. And I'm like, I'm thinking like, Oh my God, that was so inappropriate. It didn't really hit me Ooh. until I was an adult. Like my God, yeah. that is, horribly inappropriate i shouldn't have been doing what i was doing right who uh, were the men that were yeah. grilling you um i know one of them was dennis mccallum i i'm not remembering who the second one was um he's one of the elders dennis mccallum is one of was one of the elders of Zenos. yeah and the he's second a guy, person, he's a guy I just told it too isn't he yeah <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, so that's, um, so that's Dennis's way of really getting to know what's going on to, to encourage and affect you. I mean, how, how really, how really encouraged were you by what he did? Well, you know, to me as a teenager, I, I am, that's not where my brain was. Like, to, I don't even remember being that involved in Xenos. I do remember going there because my mom wanted me to go there. But um, the most significant experience up to that point that I had had, um, I, I actually, I'm going to revise that a little bit. That was the most significant experience I had had at church. I, I had just thought I've been, I was kind of like hit by a wall of bricks. Like I, I'm confused why these men are having a conversation with me about this. And I don't even go here that often. And there are these people that are very invested. And as a teenager, you don't really articulate the issues that come with that specifically, that situation. But now as an adult, I can reflect and say that is entirely inappropriate. And... um like, I guess maybe, thank God, I didn't really, like, know any better at the time, but my mom apparently did, and I thought that was, like, well, oh, for once, you know, my, I'm just a teenager, and I, you know, 
parents do everything wrong when you're a teenager. And I thought, wow, my mom's being really cool about this. And she even, you know, she does not like my boyfriend. She gets a very bad vibe from him. And she was even enraged that this happened. My parents were really upset that this had happened. Um, was so, that they said to him? Yeah. I mean, what, what, did, what did Dennis McCallum no, say? No, no. And nothing was said. So, so Dennis said nothing. To the man that had to, I mean, just, let's, let's, let's just be clear at this, okay? Let, let's take a step back on this. You're a teenage, you're a young teenage girl, and uh, a, a, an adult is taking advantage of you, is sexually using you, and and your parents don't know about this. But Dennis McCallum finds out about it, and he counsels you, and then you get this fellowship. But what happened to him? Uh, I, I actually don't know what happened after that. Um, this is something that I had thought about years later. It wasn't, um, it, it, though I don't have a lot of memory from my time being in the high school group uh, because I wasn't that involved. The few things I do remember involve being lectured by two older men about um, appropriate sexual behavior and asking me what all I have done. And then ultimately, um, when I finally did get kicked out, getting kicked out by a room of, you know, adult women, um, which also really upset my parents because they weren't aware that this was happening. So uh, I do not know the aftermath of any of that. Uh, I, I kind of wish I did, um, actually, and I haven't really talked to my parents about it too much since it since it happened especially in recent years um but yeah i i do wish i'm very yeah. curious if they brought up so when you were, so when you were excommunicated at what 17 i think you said 17 years of age i mean 16, i mean i I, yeah. I'm just it just boggles my mind that you right. know they could do such a thing to you mm-hmm. and 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 completely just just quash any discussion or any kind of uh of uh dialogue uh that leads to accountability by the man who took advantage of you right, um, right. Just, and he given given the things that had happened to me at that point um well he should have been in jail um, and in fact, I think things actually later did happen in his life, um, probably as a result of how terribly he did treat me. But um, my, the abuse, I, I eventually became, I eventually was like, a, the abuse became much worse. And that was a, that was a very significant marker in my relationship with him. Once I got kicked out, I had no one else. And I think people who are abusive narcissists do want to isolate you and I was at that point completely isolated from a lot of the friends that I had had because I did grow up in the church um and the abuse escalated to you know physical and sexual abuse after that and I had no one and I did end up going back there one time when I was I was alone and desperate I, I went back to the campus and I was approached by someone and I was, I was told to leave. Um, I, when I I was almost 18, over a year had passed and they said, I don't believe this. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. They said, if you're not, you know, you're, if you're not repentant, then you have to leave. And 
I I just wanted to scream like you have no idea what my life has been like but it's it's as being someone who's an abuse survivor um you those things are hard to communicate it's hard to communicate something that heavy to people that have also um in a way abused you abused my age my youth my trust um so yeah it was um it's pretty jarring to think of it as an adult now sometimes you don't really understand the level of abuse you suffer by people whether it is a partner or it is an organization your church that you trust and people within that church that you trust you don't realize it until years have passed and you get some hindsight uh, you know about you you understand what healthy relating and healthy relationships look like and you look back and think wow I was <laughs> they really they really did me wrong there and you know it and um eventually they they took me back when I guess when I seemed repentant enough years years and years had passed when I was in college and I came back but yeah well, I'm just, yeah, I mean, you know, Claire, it's, it's, it saddens me, you know, that you had to deal with something like that, but, but unfortunately, yours is not an isolated story. You know, I've got emails from, from, from people who clearly have uh, an, an interest in, and you're uh, in some way, shape, or form doing this really a passive aggressive form of defense of Xenos when they email me mm-hmm. and one of the things you know that they often say is well well how how, how do you know that the, that the stories of the people you have in there are that there aren't all just lies uh, because mm-hmm. you know I, I, I really just don't understand one guy wrote uh, that you how you can possibly uh, really believe that uh, the few good apples that that you that you're talking to, or the few bad apples that you're talking to, really truly represent the the vast orchard of, of good yeah. that that Xenos really is. And 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 I'm afraid this 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 poor fellow misses the entire point altogether. The fact yeah. that you even have one to begin with is one too many. But it's but right. but right. it's. Your, I mean, like I said, your story is not alone. We, we've been having people who have testified that having suffered the sort of things that you're talking about. I mean, it's, 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 it's beyond belief that, that, uh, no, it's not, well, it's not really beyond belief that these groups that claim to be so spiritually advanced as, 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 as Xenos likes to affect itself to be really miss the entire boat. I mean, I, I'm reading there be something else out of chapter four of members of one another. Uh, you know, um, Dennis McCallum, the guy who, who talked to you, he says here, um, uh, proper understanding of these pastors rules out merely saying, I have a friend I love and I try to build up. Well, that's not good enough. This passage is referring to the body of Christ and it's Romans 12, 16 and Romans 15, 7. This passage referred to the body of Christ not to someone we already love. Two people who love each other is a nice thought, but we are called to form Christian community with everyone. And yet yours and so many others are an argument to just the opposite. That it sounds to me if you're going to be in Christian community, you should begin to those who are hurting. And everyone uh, who's really been hurting that I that I'm hearing about in Genesis, uh can only expect maybe 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 
uh, a gunshot to the head uh, as 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 you as you bleed out somewhere. I mean, that sounds violent, <laughs> but that's what that's the kind of level of mercy that you guys are given. Absolutely, that is exactly we receive such little mercy and understanding and um god ironically of all things grace we receive such little grace especially for the suffering um caused by you know life in general but suffering caused within the walls of an organization or the church or the the small group of people your home church um of people that you you trust and there is i i have been through a lot of things in my life a lot of very painful things this is by far the most um the things that had happened to me within uh zias have been by far the most damaging and if that was a one-off thing it would have been concerning in the first place because of how far it got with me but the fact that I saw it happening while Mm -hmm. I was there which you know grew my hesitancy but people I know and people I love this happened to an innumerable amount of people that I know um, and that I'm still close to or that I just hear of is, you know, testament enough to that there is an issue. They, they know there's an issue and um, they, I think practically cannot publicly acknowledge how bad um, they have missed the mark with so many things. There are so many good people that are there. I know and love people that are still there that are doing great things, but to do them, those people, the injustice of being associated with a place that is, is doing so many people so much wrong it's it's terrible because because they are they're effectively cut off from being effective christians or just generally good people yeah. by their association yeah. with the place because right. they could they could if, if they had a semblance of humility uh regarding to rather regarding everything that has happened in the past um however many years several years especially this past uh, year and a half two years or whenever mark created his website i think 2018 maybe mm-hmm. um they they and that's the is a cult.com website right correct correct they could they could have done so much good with that opportunity mm-hmm. right and they have. 
Right. It sounds to me, as best as I can tell, when we, when Megan and I started our investigation, started reading up and started really studying and started understanding where Xenos was choosing to present itself in, 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 uh, and, 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 uh, leverage a position to stand on a rock that it was going to make a stand on, uh, regarding where it's, where, um, it felt about the individual sort of things that were reported by, by Mark and, and others. You know, and Mark's not been alone. I mean, he's been certainly the greatest lightning rod up to this point, but you know, there have been other, uh, other podcasts and other, uh, uh, internet things such as Reddit, of course, uh, and, and all kinds of other places out there where people have testified quite openly, uh, to yes. what they've felt about uh, Xenos and, uh, have not yeah. been, and they've been mm-hmm. scattered, but lately, like I said, it's just been to to me these things are all are, are, are smoke without the proverbial fire. And uh, mm-hmm. and when you see that, we know so we knew something else was going on. And and when we started investigating, we got the email uh, from the ex member uh, who wanted our help, and then we started meeting you and others. Uh, it became very clear. Uh, to us, we met Mark. You know, we had a chance to visit with him. Great guy. Uh, had a wonderful chance uh, in, in, in sharing with him privately one afternoon. Um, it became very obvious to us that that, that this mm-hmm. is not a fluke. These aren't just a bunch of bad apples, as this guy yeah. said. It's there's a right. lot going on. They don't want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. yeah. The responses have been, I, I mean, profoundly disappointing how they have responded to people. And and I'm sure that it is, that to the common person in Xenos, it's frustrating to see these things, but your own experience Mm -hmm. feels feels very different. Um, But I think if if people are, are honest, they can tell that there is, in a sense, there is a cover-up. Um, there's a bit of PR and some whitewashing going over these issues that are very clearly following this church since the uh, this, since the inception of of it when it was you know fish house. <clears throat> I mean, it was controversial back in the 80s and 90s, and um, someone I was close with who is still in the church. I was discussing this with them a few months ago and they said, you know, if you're, if you're there and especially this is, this is, this is different. There is a difference. And um, I'm not saying the adult ministries are exempt from this, but college ministries, it is a, it's a different beast than anywhere else in any student ministry rather not just college, because again, they do start at a fairly young age with the intense pressures of commitment to the church. I won't even say to God, mm-hmm. because I, at some point it is a front that it is not to God. There is a almost worship of the ways of Zenos. Yeah. But student ministries, when I was talking to this person, they said it would almost be a fluke if you were to end up in a good home church, it would be the exception and not the rule. If you are in the college group and you had a good experience 
um, or a good, you were just in a good group. Cause there are a lot of people in the college that do have good experiences, but I think a lot of people don't really understand. They have a lot of broken down boundaries and I am someone that is sensitive to boundaries. I, <clears throat> I do not like when people <laughs> break boundaries as I think most people should dislike uh, people taking advantage of your trust. And right. I, I think that that is um, something that I don't think a lot of people do know, but I do think many, many really do know that they are taking advantage of the fact that there is there are so many social pressures within Xenos, specifically the college group, which is where I had my really, really terrible experience, um, that you will conform out of a pressure to appease people. And as someone who I'm not even a people pleaser, in order to survive emotionally, you do end up bending a lot of your own um, personal boundaries. Yeah. And these aren't just these aren't just like these first world comforts. These are emotional boundaries that anywhere else in life, if you were to let someone do this to you, would be incredibly and very explicitly violating. But except in Xenos, you are taught to submit that the man, the person, the human in you should die to become more like Christ. Though that is a very honorable um, idea Mm -hmm. to be a more Christ-like person. The the world, the the person who you are, you are demonized. And the light in which they paint general humanity, which can be a very dark place. Um, I, I understand that, but there is also so much good, but they attribute every little thing to this person that is not yet broken. That you need to be an entirely broken human before you receive, though it is not explicit, you should be a broken person before you can be received by God. It it is what is implied, even though at the same time they're talking out of both sides of their mouth, live by grace, except for, except that you have to live by acts at the same time. Right. And the brokenness that they're referring to, and the bro- well, the broken, I'm sorry, let me back up, let me take that back. The brokenness you're referring to, which is what Xenos expects of all those that come under its authority, is a brokenness that's based upon shaming. It's a brokenness right. based upon Absolutely. mindless obedience and submission, a complete and total mm-hmm. surrendering of one's volition and direction uh, to the influence of another uh, who's supposedly supposedly taking uh, taking charge over you 
you know, and, and that's one of the things that, 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 like I said, we keep hearing over and over and over again is that Zenos takes the place of God in your life and really becomes his voice and tells you basically how to live. You know, uh, as, yeah. I, as I've been sharing in the past, you know, in, in, in scripture, the, the Bible says in first Peter chapter five verses, chapter five verse, verse five, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. It seems to me that there isn't much taught in Zenos that leads a young Christian man or woman or anyone to actually trust God in that very way. In this, in the sense that you're, you're not led to submit, uh, uh, you know, reverently to one another. You're, you're not, you're not sought to submit to one another in humility. Uh, and that you should be humble, that you should be submissive to one another. I mean, this is very, this, this is, this is what the scripture teaches, but this isn't sound like, doesn't sound like anything that you experienced. Uh, I mean, the, the, I mean, I'm just aghast at the injustice that I'm hearing here that you've shared about, I mean, how you basically were taken advantage of and this person, this man got away scot-free and yet you were the one holding the bag and being told you, you were the sinful person. You were the one that did, did, did wrong and even made you sit there and tell what you did. I mean, that's just, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not spiritual counsel. That's not encouraging. That's voyeurism. It's inappropriate. It's nasty. It's, and uh, it just Absolutely. amazes me. Amazes yeah. me. That, it is, it's voyeuristic. It's Absolutely. And I, and like I said, as an adult, I did not appreciate how inappropriate and vile that that was, you know, until, you know, I was in, you know, I'm in my thirties. Yeah. I could have a, I could have a daughter that same age at this point and it's yeah. it's offensive yeah, yeah. and, and, just and one yours of, is not alone one of many yeah right like yours is not alone this this, this right. violation of personal boundaries is it, something that goes on over and over and over again xenos pushes it and believes as a biblical mandate and right to do so i mean that i mean that's what that's what, that's what mccallum is saying in this book that he that, that basically he's saying he needs to know what's going on in your life to be able to, to quote unquote encourage you you know and, and he's, he's saying uh, these passages are all moral imperatives direct from god to us and not optional for serious christians you know um it's 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 just unbelievable that 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 uh, you know a so-called elder and, and who uh, who believes himself to be some church growth guru. I mean, the whole book is written with his eye on 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 lecturing to the world how the New Testament church should be run. And he, if he fails just at this most basic point, uh, that there, to me, there really isn't much worth of reading the rest of any of it. It's it's, it's all spiritually and morally bankrupt. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, and then here you are, they leave you wandering all you, all these years until you, out of the brokenness you felt, you had to wander back to their good graces and rejoined, uh, I think you said the, um, uh, the, the college group, right? Right. Right. And, and that's actually exactly what had happened 
I had lost, um, I had lost, um, a couple of people in my life. Um, a, a couple of family members <clears throat> and I ended up going back to the college group. I was absolutely broken and I had just ended a serious relationship with, uh, my boyfriend, this is, this is a different, this is a different guy, good guy, um, very, you know, we're, we're still friends to this day, uh, well, but, but we had ended our relationship, and it was before, you, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm interrupt you, but before you, you started discussing that, how did you get away from this guy, what, what was going, how in the world, you were in, a, you were in an abusive relationship, did your parents know about, mm-hmm. how did you get away from it, how did it end? So, eventually, I was, so exasperated that I I did tell my parents a little bit. I gave them a little bit of a window into what was going on in my life. But, um, you know, even as the years go by, I'm still kind of revealing how bad things actually were. How I actually got away from him, um, I, it was at the beginning of college when I was a freshman in college and um I just remember relenting at some point that okay fine come and see me this is fine whatever because he was just breaking me down the stalking it, it, he stalked me um it would be you know day and night, you know, in the middle of the night, coming to my house in the middle of the night, we're just sitting there watching me or approaching teachers, um, threatening me, threatening my family. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. It was life threatening. Um, I honestly didn't know if I was going to, uh, survive. I, I, I thought he would probably eventually kill me and he did wear me down to where I would just let him fine you can if you want to see me fine you can just come over I I just felt like it was going to end badly and he um he must have also reached a level of exhaustion where he couldn't keep up um the intensity of the abuse and it it came to a head when he came over for one last time and he just stopped trying to get me. And I cannot tell you what had changed, why he left me alone. Um, but he did continue stalking me for years after that. Um, it was sort of quiet in the background. Um, he was always where I was. Um, but the explicit abuse had a, had stopped, and after me one last time begging him to leave me alone, he left me alone. And it was at that point, I think, it kind of correlated uh, with me being able to finally tell people in my life that were close to me what was going on. I don't know if he saw some shift in me, but um, I was able to tell people without judgment this is what I have been going through and I am miserable and I am wildly depressed. And I became closer to people in my life that I am still equally as close to today. 
uh, that I was going through something. And uh, frankly, I did not get that opportunity in Xenos. They had, (laughs) they had their boundaries and that was this girl had sex. You're, you're gone. Yeah. But um, they did not get to share that experience with me of getting out of this relationship. That was um, other people. Yeah. There were other people in my life and they, they were there for me without judgment. So all the support you got was not from people in the church, obviously. From quote unquote secular people. Right. From the world, the evil world that, uh, that you were supposedly to hide away from. You ended up finding, finding real help there. And, and then that's when you could grow a little bit and finally consider actually seeking you know, a real relationship. That's when you, uh, started right. off to yeah. date this other, this other young man. Right. Right. Okay. And we did it for about four years and we broke up. Um, nothing too dramatic, but you know, the ending of a relationship is always, always painful but compounded with the loss of a couple of people in your life that was um that was that was pretty devastating Mm -hmm. uh such big life changes one after the other within a couple months of each other so yeah i ended up going back to xenos yeah you feel like that was just the the only the only thing that made sense in your life at that point huh right um I guess desperate times, desperate measures. Yeah. And I, I, I reached out to a couple of friends that were there. Um, you know, there was this existential moment that I was, I was having with the death of the physical death of the people in my life and also the relational death that I was experiencing with, with my ex-boyfriend. Um, I was very vulnerable. I went back. And I was, I, I was love bombed. It was very, it was very intense. It was like, un, really, really unlike any other experience I have had to be around a bunch of people who are so intensely caring, which I now can reflect in, in a forced way. And I actually still do really love some of these people who were a part of that, but um, because I do, I really, I really do think a lot of these people think they are doing the right thing and are kind of in over their heads when they're, you know, they're drawing people in, into this idea or into this place in their most vulnerable moments in their life. And, um, yeah, so I, I ended up, I ended up going back and, um, probably within, or five months that I moved into a ministry house and it went up and then it went really down from there. Right. Because there was another, I guess, another incident, which, you know, we won't elaborate on, but there's another incident of an intrusion into your life that right. I think for you finally, it finally really helped you see that, uh, you know, you could, you're not going to be expecting loving caring community or you're going to be sharing nothing with people that want to get into and, and uh, control you. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> there were people that were, um, I ended up marrying someone um, in the church, an amazing person. I love them so, so much. Um, but I ended up marrying someone. We both experienced this 
trauma together and we went through something that was really unlike anything anyone had ever seen. Uh, neither of us could help what had happened to us. And um, nobody knew how to handle it. So instead of the humble answer of we just don't know, let's find support for you because we love you as a friend. Um, it became a very black and white situation where they were dictating terms in a way. Yeah. Um, I had become vilified for my depression just, you know, a month and a half after the incident. And I uh, was effectively cut off from my friends because I was so severely depressed that this thing had happened. Otherwise, everything was good. I was on my way to leadership. Um, Everything other than that was really good in my life. But I think I was... I had struck a nerve with leadership that I was someone that could not be predictable as far as like, well, we were relying on her to not be depressed and now she is depressed. Well, what do we do? Um, And their move was to do some damage control. They tried to get as involved as possible and one person after the other, after the other people I did not know, I had never met. They had opinions about my marriage and what I was going through. And it was profoundly painful. It was. How did, so how did they find out about that? Did you, was this was something you told a disciple or, or your small group? So I had told a few people about this, um, a couple of close friends who were leaders, but per their obligation, to the structure of the church they reported it to you know advisors in the college ministry and those people had to report it to elders and then there were discussions behind the scenes and listen i i i am still finding out to this day some things that were discussed about me about my marriage about my husband um i'm still finding out things that were dictated to them about what they should do or how they should handle uh, me. And a couple of those things were, for example, um, to not be friends with me because she needs to feel the tension of, you know, she needs to feel God's tension to change her ways. It's that word again. That seems to be a Noesian word, tension, isn't it? It is, it is a dirty word. (laughs) Um, but that absolutely blows my mind that someone would try to impose that kind of environment in my life when the only thing that was wrong was the situation that I was in. Not even how I was handling, I was handling it how every other person would have handled that. And perhaps honestly even better I it was just it was such an ongoing uh it was an ongoing situation where I just suffered suffered the entire time and I was punished I was punished for reacting to uh the terrible thing that had happened to me and um I was told 
you know, in the past five years, I've learned more things. And a couple of them that really hurt me was, you know, don't be friends with her because um, she's, she's got a lot of stuff going on right now. And I don't think she'd be a great influence on you, <laughs> which is, uh, if you knew me as a person, is, is ridiculous. Um, and another thing was uh, my best friend was emailed by, I think it was Joe Body. And was instructed to no longer give me any kind of marital advice or life advice. Um, and uh, I think the subtext of that email was to ultimately kind of like drop me right now, let other people handle me. And this is this person, my best friend. I have grown up with her. She is still my best friend to this day. And they had tried to rip away that resource for me that emotional resource for me and that was like that was enraging when I learned that a few years ago I could not believe like I guess I could believe it but it it was deeper it was deeper than I had realized it was Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm and again, in, in listening to Des McCallum, you know, just basically, you know, extol Zenos' uh, so-called biblical ethos, he he goes on to say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna keep quoting him because I want people to understand that 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 here you have a, a leader of a movement who 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 uh, who extols these high values, and yet his own movement doesn't practice them." He writes this. He says, "Close in modeling." Counseling and admonition are essential to such a transformation. Teaching people how to practice grace with each other must happen in community, just as surely as teaching people to swim needs to happen in water. And uh, mm-hmm. really, when I read that and I hear what you're telling me, I'm like, oh, you know, there's, there, there's a divide here that, that can only be explained by one thing, uh, the fact that, that Xenos is not this New Testament community, nowhere near close to the ideals it espouses. It, it, it truly it proves itself utterly in violation of what it, what it believes it stands for. And and, yeah. and your experience, sadly, uh, and that of so many others, is, is, is proof of that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, now, were you aware of, of other people struggling with the same sort of uh, character assassination and verbal oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, just seemed to be a, a common thing and an acceptable yeah. thing in, in Xenos, isn't it? Yes, and um, I, <laughs> I think I was a little noisy, um, even when I was still involved. I was always openly disturbed by how people spoke about people who have left or people who brought up issues Mm -hmm. or um I was always a little disturbed and one thing that stands out most to me is I one of my roommates um she had started to bring up things with the church that concerned her and she felt very uncomfortable. She said, there's a lot of groupthink here. I feel very uncomfortable with how a lot of these situations are handled. Um, you know, one thing led to another. And she fought for a little while to stay there, tried to change the minds to help people see her perspective, which I think ultimately was, was absolutely correct. Um, she left. She left and she went to another church 
Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe it. She's still there to this day and is very heavily involved in. um, But the narrative behind her was she walked away. Um, I've heard people say she doesn't believe in God. She's an apostate is what a lot of people like to label others as. Um, She was ultimately shunned. And I remember I went on a, I went on a trip with her. Uh, when I was still in Zenos before I was engaged to my uh, now husband. Um, and I remember I went away for like five days. They were terrified of her poisoning my mind. Uh, and they were well, like, we're praying for you. Um, oh my God, I'm so glad that you're back and you're normal. The way people are, the way people are vilified, the way, um, certain sins are, they're, they're almost idolized in a very unhealthy way. Right. Um, is the, the obsession, there is an obsession with other people in that church. Um, and that was, that was a moment that I had that really rocked my face. That when I saw how people treated her and, and there were other, there were other things that I had a friend who was sexually assaulted while she was in the church. And I instantly, I believed her. I believed her. Oh no one else believed her. No one else believed her. And this person later got, um, he got booted for sexually assaulting underage women and he was a leader in the church, but no one would believe her. And they vilified her for years and she stuck it out. And I have never met such a resilient person in my life. Um, and they, they should have really understood her character as I think it was very apparent that she was such a good person and there should have been no doubting that. Yet they vilified her and it was, uh, she was shunned, actively shunned from groups. She lost friends all for being sexually assaulted by someone who was later proven to be a, a disgusting predator. And that, that is one of the most horrifying stories from, from Zenos, uh, my, my time there. Yeah. Not, she was my roommate. And sadly, that's, that's, that's not uncommon at all. Right. I mean, I mean, at some point I would hope that, uh, that those stories could yet be told and that these men can be brought to justice because frankly, it's, it's disgusting. Like you said, it's, 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 it's Mm -hmm. beyond disgusting. It's, it's appalling. It's, it's, it's absolutely, well, it is disgusting, but it's all just horrific to hear of this of this church claiming to be a, an expositor of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the trans bringing the transformative power of his, of his word to the world, just, just doing all it can to keep you running and people running in spiritual busy work. And so long enough. Exactly. So, you, so you'll ignore, uh, the, the, the purely shag, nasty, carnal things going on uh, right there, hidden in plain sight. And, and, and that, um, I think Dennis McCallum and Gary DeLash, but all these men have a lot to answer for in this world and in the world to come. And, uh, that's certainly something that, uh, 
Um, uh, like I said, uh, if, if this is what's coming out if, if, in our discussions, so be it. Let it come out. Yeah. You know, I'll be I'll be happy uh, to help keep mm-hmm. those, those those discussions coming out. So so what, so you rejoined. So at what point? When did you finally leave? I mean, what what was it that what, what finally helped you see the light? Was it was it after the the the, the horrible um, um, violation that uh, you suffered of of of, yeah. of the confidences? Uh, was that what finally took to you to finally sever your contact with them, or what exactly happened? So- I actually joined up with an adult group, and um, although I, I know a lot of people don't feel this way, I, I wouldn't even argue, I argue with anyone who had a terrible experience in the, in the adult group. I wouldn't argue with that, but I went to the adult group and joined a group where I could literally say absolutely anything, um, and they would they would listen, and they would be my friends. And I felt this weight just lift off of my shoulders. And I felt so much of a reprieve from being able to confide in these people within the same environment that I had experienced that pain. And there was so much kindness there. And I think I finally got to rest a little bit and to absorb and reflect on what I had been experiencing for at that point, like a year or so. And I, mm. I, 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 to this day, I just appreciate these people so much. And I think they are one of the people in Xenos that are, they're genuinely really good people and they were safe and they were trustworthy and they were good friends and I, um, I eventually left that group because it was, you know, there were so many kids there and it just, it wasn't a good fit as far as like, you know, my husband and I, we weren't parents. So I went to another group and they were equally as accepting and they were great people, but I, um, I, it was, it was too painful to be in that environment to even hear people praying in the same, uh, in the same way, like the same mannerisms, the same, they all kind of adopt this way of speaking, um, very yeah, similar to one another. Yeah. It, like like a catch. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized like I was always, I wouldn't say I was making excuses as to why I couldn't go. It was very clear. I was so uncomfortable being there. I stopped going less and less and less. And, um, I, I finally, at, at one point I, I left and I absolutely spiraled because it was, it was too painful. I, I remember it was yeah about two years of horrible depression. Yeah. You know, I've, I'd lost hair. I lost like most of my hair and I probably lost 60 pounds. And I, as a, as a person, I was a shell of a human. I, I wasn't happy. And then I finally came to terms with the things that had happened. And, you know, in some way, at some point in your life, you can look at suffering and feel grateful for it. Um, I kind of settled into that place where I was, pretty okay 
with my life and where I was at that point. Um, all the pain included, the betrayal included, and I, you know, well, I am where I am now and I'm, I'm happy for it. But, um, you know, the end, the end doesn't justify the means. I, people have to make a peace with. Yeah. The things yeah. that have happened in their life, and uh, I think what happened to me was absolutely vile uh, betrayal of trust yeah. among friends of, of the most you know the most sensitive things in someone's life. Yeah. And um, I, you know, I've I've since bounced back into you know I'm a person I like who I am now today, and uh. I reflect on what has happened to me then, since then. And, um, you know, they're not responsible for where I am now. Uh, I am, but I, I am, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change what had happened to me because I, I, I am comfortable and I like where I'm at, but God, it's, yeah. If yeah. I could save another person from experiencing what I did when I was there and, uh, and the, the pain that I suffered yeah. as a result, I would yeah. do it. I'm, I'm, I'm actually fairly passionate about it. Okay. At this point in my life. Well, you've got a platform right now. I know a lot right. of people in Xenos are listening. I know a lot of people have been tuning in from all over the area there and, uh, and downloading and everything. So, um, what would you say to all those in Xenos right now who may be, may have been your peers, your friends, your associates? Uh, what would you say to those who are lifelong, uh, Xenos babies become Xenos parents? Mm-hmm. What would you say to all of them right now in light of all the smoke and mirrors that Xenos has been blowing about the dissent that they are just refusing to listen to. Uh, what would you say to them about about that? And, and really, what would you say to them to help them understand that maybe they need to start looking for a different perspective on things there? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I could just sort of reduce it down to a sentiment, even. Okay. That there is what I have experienced in life. Um, there is a there is a value in humility and an uncomfortable humility that we can have, and I would argue that that is one of the better feelings in life to be uncomfortably humbled by the things that you don't want to hear to accept them to to embrace it mm-hmm. that things are not how you want them to be or how you've planned them to be and they're ugly there is a comfort in accepting who you are as a person. Maybe you've done that same thing to people. Maybe you've seen that happen, or maybe you have only heard it happen to someone else. There is little motive to fabricate something like this 
So I ask people that are listening to this and that are still in Xenos dwell that they listen without the bias of trying to protect the comfort of that place. That is a that is a huge barrier for people, I think, is is an ideal just idolizing or making something better in their head than it actually is. There is so much benefit to accepting another perspective and letting that season what you what you know and being a safe person for someone else because I think if we are all honest Mm -hmm. everyone can see that there is something that is incredibly wrong there is there is a a clear commonality between story and story and story and you know sure there are some things where you can be like well that person was you know this way and that person was this way and you know maybe there's a little bit to that argument that there are people that are just they're trying to get a little piece of the action and they want to be a part of the story because you know is you know in the news right now and fine whatever for the most part these people are in pain and their pain is absolutely legitimate. And this is not just validating people's feelings. This is not just um, sensitive people needing, oh, yeah, oh, it's okay. We're here for you. This is actual, these are actual people with actual lives that this is their, this is their lifetime. This is the one life that they get to live. And they have been affected to the point where they need to write into a, a, a website to a man that they have not met and vented or or poured themselves out to this person or to a public forum so they could be heard. Hear them. Hear them and validate them. And to the elders who are either uh, and one in particular mocking or making light of the people who are writing in and implying that they're gaslighting or they are uh what what have they said they're under under spiritual attack they're attacking us and this is part of their spiritual attack i'm so sorry this is this is this is reality like they they are in denial and uh the warfare is started by them, not by us. Right. Um, we are absolutely, we are victims of their making. Right. And uh, there are still really good people there. And um, they can make a difference. Don't put up with it. Yeah. Stand up for the people that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, stand up, look around, take a look, see what's going on, and realize, look, there's some wrong things going on here. And uh, and like you said, there's always going to be a certain amount of discontent anywhere. But frankly, I don't think in anything that I have read so far, I've heard, I've seen that. Now, I have been approached with a lot of emails from a lot of people 
who mm-hmm. who clearly have access to grind with, with about Xenos that that uh, I've listened to and I, I I appreciate their sharing, but some of it is just really their own specifically personal vendettas they have against that, you know. And 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 while those are important, uh, they're not relevant to the conversation at hand. The conversation at hand is Xenos Christian Fellowship acting as a cult. And saying, going to great lengths, saying they are not a cult, doing all these great apologies for themselves, and yet everything they do and say is no different than what cults actually do. So, yes, I I understand fully what you're saying, and that, yes, that's exactly what they need to be hearing. We're we're hoping people will stand up and and smell the pizza, because it's... it's, it's, because there's go- there are things going on that 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 the that, that blind faith and blind ignorance are, are 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 not going to excuse you by, you know, the scripture says first first Corinthians ten twelve let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall, and uh, and so there's a lot going on right now and we're going to continue telling that story. Uh, and, and, and in the weeks to come, and uh, Claire, I want to thank you so much for this evening. It's been it's been a very insightful time, and I, and I appreciate all you shared this evening. And uh, we look forward to when that documentary comes out, and for hopefully uh, for perhaps another convening of of people who may want to uh, come together in community, real community. Uh, unfortunate community in that it's, that it's, it's main bondage is that of pain, but one that I believe is redemptive. I, I think, uh, it's, it, it would be high time for people to come together somewhere and, and really get a chance to kind of open up and share with one another. And, uh, and I, I hope it, it does happen again real soon. Uh, once again, thank you. All right. Thank you, Raphael, and for everything. Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going? prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and if necessary challenged in your daily journey through life jesus is coming you can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun the choice is yours you can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org and if you need urgent personal spiritual help email us at help at spiritwatch.org we look forward to hearing from you Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.